Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Friday, September 24th, almost the end of September. It's hard to believe we're that far into 2021. And uh, it is Friday, which is normally just a day that Taylor and I kind of do a a free-for-all Friday, kind of reviewing the week and uh, talking about what our guests talked about on Thursday. But this week, our guests are coming in today. We have two guests today. During the first half hour, we have Dr. Dan Mc. Dan McDyer, uh, who is a local OBGYN here in Jacksonville, and quite a good one, actually. He's very busy all the time and uh, been here for a while and been practicing for a long time, 27-plus years. And we're excited to have him in and just to hear the story of how uh, we got connected. And then the second half hour, we have uh, uh, Ryan Jorgensen, who is starting a church in St. John's County, and he's going to be sharing with us about how they kicked that off in October. But uh, we're happy during this first half hour to have Dr. Dan McDyer. Uh, Dr. McDyer, welcome to SWAT Radio. Uh, thanks for having me so much, Doug. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's really quite interesting what happened. Uh, now it's, um, what, a week ago, maybe? Uh, exactly, a week ago. A week ago. Yes. I was uh, driving down University Boulevard. or actually Beach Boulevard, and came to the corner of Beach and University, and I see a man in scrubs on the side of the road along (laughs) with a sign and uh, several people out there and quite quite a few people out there with him and saying, stop the mandate, you know, misinformation, talking about a lot of stuff. And I just rolled my window down to say, hey, thank you guys for taking a stand. And uh, one of the people in the group said, pull over, pull over. And when they said pull over, I said, okay, I'll pull over and go see what's going on. And I came up not knowing who was there, not knowing why they were doing it, but was curious uh, if they were medical people because it was close to the hospital. And you, it turned out you were there as a doctor. And this was not your first time. You've been doing this, I guess, for a while. Just a couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Uh, but you go out there on your lunch hour and you're doing this and – my question to you as a doctor, um, have you ever seen anything in the medical field like you've seen with misinformation and suppression of information like you've seen in the last year and a half as it relates to the vaccines and COVID? Well, I, I think I can say no. <laughs> um, but I mean, I honestly, I, Doug, I don't, I truly don't know what to believe anymore, um, at least in terms of what's passed down to us physicians from the authorities. And I, I don't say that with any deal of pride. I'm very concerned about that, actually. So I don't think we have, though. This is this is unlike anything I've ever seen before in terms of the polarization of the issue. Um, it's become political for some reason. The virus, you know... Viruses aren't political, it, are they? It doesn't care what the host is. It's just, it's just looking for something to reproduce in, basically. So exactly um so no I, i've never seen anything like this in my career and and, it's been and, a long one and and you are not an epidemiologist you are uh, you're a OBGYN, but you're a doctor and as an OBGYN, you, I, you had to go to med school you had to learn about viruses you had to learn about different things and as a doctor uh, viruses affect your patients when women are you know pregnant or women are dealing with fertility issues or women are dealing with anything 
they go to see their OBGYN, and they, their OBGYN is not just concerned with delivering a baby, right? I mean, like, you have other things you have right. to help them with, correct? Oh, in many cases, we're their primary care doctor. So we, that, that's actually one of the things that attracted me to OBGYN is it wasn't just a, a one-stop shop. I see the patient try to fix a problem, and they're never there again. I, I get to, I mean, literally, I am now taking care of patients I delivered. That's kind of a sad thing in a way. <laughs> I think that explains all the gray hairs on my head. Um, but it's a blessing to have the ability to do that. And you can see a family grow and uh, actually see the um, outcomes of the interventions that you've initiated for the patients and see the benefits that they've created. I'll, I'll never forget um, when I first went into private practice, when I was in residency, we didn't have any continuity of care. It was the model that I just described to you. You take care of the patient, you're off the rotation sometimes before they've even recovered from their surgery or the medications you've given them. So you don't, you, you, you suppose or expect that the interventions you've made have brought benefit to the patient, but you don't ever get to see the end results. And uh, when I was in my fourth year of residency, I was a chief resident, and we started putting together a continuity of care clinic because I realized that was something very important to, to see. It was gratifying to see that. But when I got into private practice and I, I would see the outcomes from the interventions I'd made earlier, I was, I was just elated. I just couldn't. I was like, wow, that stuff I learned all, after all those years really works. So yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, isn't that what doctors are supposed to do, care for their patients? Absolutely. So is it alarming to you? Like, like my mom is 85 years old. She had COVID. She was laid out in my home. She was dehydrated. She was in pain. She had so many issues going on, and my brother took her to the doctor, to the emergency room. They gave her an IV, hydrated her, and said, your O2 levels are good. You need to go back home. Even though she was still in excruciating pain in her stomach from COVID, she had cough issues and other issues. If, if, you're, if you're, you can't breathe, then come back. I mean, like, what kind of medicine is that? that this is like unlike anything I've ever seen. Does that alarm you as a doctor? It does actually, you know, uh, with infections in particular, generally we, we don't wait for a patient to become critically ill before we begin to treat whatever they're suffering from, in particular infectious diseases. Um, it's better to intervene earlier before the, the organism, whatever it may be, has a chance to reproduce and spread and start creating more disease in other sites within the body. Um, generally speaking, viruses are, are a difficult entity to treat, and I think that's why so many of us in the very beginning were willing to accept the dogma or the instruction that there's nothing we can do here. But if you do dig into the literature, as a matter of fact, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get any conspiracy types of things here or judge anybody. I really want to do a data-driven discussion. But if you look in the literature back when we had SARS-CoV-2 in 03 and 04, Dr. Fauci co-authored, co-authored an article that described the efficacy of chloroquine. Which the, is like it's hydroxychloroquine. A, it's, a, it's a precursor to hydroxychloroquine. It's a, it's a family member, okay. a, a similar activity, an anti-malarial drug. And the conclusion of that article was that if indeed SARS-CoV-1 becomes an endemic or pandemic or an epidemic or pandemic, we have a drug that will eliminate this. Hmm. So where did that go? I mean, it was 18 years ago or 17 years ago when this began, so... I think that there were not that many people very well aware of that, but some did discover that, and they started experimenting with it. And for some reason, those physicians that were attempting to do things that were beneficial to their patients rather than just waiting for the massive harm to occur from the virus, um, they were belittled. They, they were destroyed. I mean, why would, why would our profession do something like that? I don't understand that. We're just here 
trying to help patients, and they're not they're not causing any harm. It's one of the safest drugs ever created. So um, it was it was baffling to me to see that happen. Well, it's the same thing with ivermectin now. Ivermectin, uh, and by the way, we have people today listening in Virginia and Mississippi and Georgia, Florida, out west in Idaho and California, Texas. People listen through the internet. So we have people all over the country that are listening. So it's not just people in the great state of Florida uh, here. Uh, we're very blessed here uh, to have Governor DeSantis, sure who has are. been very proactive with the monoclonal antibodies and all this other things. But but ivermectin has been a very effective drug. And yet, if you look on social media, you see people ridiculed for it. Uh, I know certain doctors have been told by their uh, administrators or their chief doctors don't prescribe that. You can't. You're going to lose your indemnity or you're going to lose your liability protection. And, and explain a little bit as a doctor what that means, because a lot of our our audience may not understand what what does that mean to lose your indemnity. You know, Dr. Merritt talked about that a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that's the pressure they're putting on doctors. If, if you prescribe hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, you lose your indemnity. What would that mean to a doctor who's like working at Mayo or working at uh, St. Vincent's or something? Well, truthfully, I, I think that particular phrase is a, a baseless threat. Um, doctors have freedom of autonomy or, or autonomy rather and freedom of choice to, to do what they need to do to get their patients better. It's, 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 it's the physician-patient relationship that's actually being violated here with mandates such as that. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen a hospital intervene with a therapeutic intervention a doctor was attempting to make, unless there was something really just disastrous that was about to occur. And uh, I honestly can't tell you what that means. It's a threat is what it is. And it's, t- it's trying to make the doctor think that if you attempt to treat your, phys- your patient with such a medication and there's an a- adverse outcome, you're going to suffer a potential great deal of liability because we're telling you this is a baseless therapeutic intervention. It, it's dangerous. It's harmful, which is a complete and utter lie. Yeah, three over three billion people have been treated with ivermectin. Four billion. Four billion now. Yes. Yeah, four billion people have been treated with ivermectin. Well, we got about one minute before our first break, and uh, one of the things you told me before we came on air was that your son now is about to lose his second job related to COVID this time because he's not taking the vaccine because he's had COVID. Uh, why, exactly. why? Why? I've had COVID. I've got T cell antibodies. Why is nobody talking about that as an effective counter to getting COVID again? I, I honestly don't know. Other than you know that that just makes me as a scientist and a physician much more suspicious about what underlies all of this misinformation and disinformation that's being fed down from the top authorities through the rank and file physicians and other paraprofessionals in medicine. Um, you know, I just, I can't, I can't put my arms around that because I can't believe there's, there's such sinister activities that go on because most decent people don't want to project such sinister activities to others because most of us are very decent people. It's hard to believe there's something like going on. Um, and yes, as you said, it, this has a very personal effect on my family. My son graduated from college and engineer, um, got his first job, pandemic took him out through a furlough, got a great job here in Jacksonville. His uh, colleagues love him, and he's not going to get the vaccine. They've got a vaccine mandate. It's uh, He's losing his job in six days because he's already had COVID. He doesn't need the injection. He's yeah. got more robust immunity. Yeah, yeah. you hear that? You don't need the injection if you've had COVID and recovered. 
you have T-cell antibodies. Well, we're going to come back after the break, Dr. McDyer, and uh, I want you to share from your perspective what happened on last Friday, okay? Great. That right. sounds hey, so exciting. Thank you're you. listening to uh, Doug McCary on SWAT Radio. We have Dr. Dan McDyer here who's an OBGYN in Jacksonville. If you or anybody you know are looking for a good OBGYN, he's busy, but that means he's good. Uh, Go ahead and uh, look him up. Dr. Dan McDyer will be right back with more of our interview on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me without you Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Hey, I'd like to thank our listeners up in Virginia listening on the Lighthouse and Meridian, Mississippi listening on WMER and here on The Truth in Jacksonville 91.7, St. Augustine 91.9, and up in Folkestone, Georgia on 91.3. Hey, if you want to listen to this program or you want to share it, you can go to SWATradio.com. It'll be posted within a couple of hours of uh, when the program's over. You can also go to... uh, Contact us on Facebook at SWAT Radio Talk and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. We're still not banned yet, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, I don't know how we've gotten under that radar. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we have Dr. Dan McDyer in today from uh, Jacksonville. He's an OBGYN. And I want to talk to you, uh, Dr. McDyer. First, first, I want you to tell from your experience what happened when you see this guy that comes up, just pulls off the street. And uh, he he comes up, and uh, all of a sudden he's wanting to pray for y'all. And uh, kind of what went through your mind as you were tell me tell me what was going through your mind that day as you were out well, there. Well, do you want me to get into the background of what happened to me yeah, that day? Yeah, exactly. Sure, sure. Um, well, Doug, the, the the fact that you saw me on the street corner is a miracle in and of itself because yeah. I am not that type of a person uh, to hold up a sign and demonstrate about anything. I usually like to keep no profile. I just like to put my nose to the grind, do my work. You know treat people the golden rule and I, I in my life have always been one to stand up against the bullies I don't know why I was always a scrawny little kid <laughs> but I did I just I believe in right and wrong mm. and you know every time I challenged a bully they all backed down except for one and I told that kid who wanted to fight me at school I said I'm not going to do that because I might get suspended <laughs> and that would disappoint my parents obviously so I, I told him to come to my house that night 
and I'd fight him there. And uh, <laughs> I stood out in front of the yard. He, he was much bigger than I was, and he never showed up. Oh. So I've always been against the bullying, and I see that's happening right now, and I'm very concerned about that. Our, 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 our population is being bullied into something against their will, just mm-hmm. like my son is they're coercing him into getting a vaccine, which he won't do. So anyway, um, about two months ago, I, I, I thought about doing this, you know, writing up a sign. My sign that I wrote up says vaccine, uh, vaccine mandates are immoral, unethical, unscientific, unnecessary, and harmful. Ask me why. I, I had the plan of writing that up for weeks and weeks, but I just got so busy. I just never had time. But I got invited to be a panelist at the mask mandate meeting that they had here in this building a few weeks ago for a bunch of outraged parents who um, were upset that Duval County Public School System was mandating masks. So mm-hmm. um, when I was there, the attorneys who were representing the parents spoke, and uh, I just listened intently to them. And I realized as I was listening that for me personally, it was – far more important for me and effective to do something to myself that makes me uncomfortable than to wait for somebody else to do something to me that may be uncomfortable <laughs> forever. So I, I, when I was introducing myself to the group as a panelist, I, I told them that I was going to stand in front of my hospital. That has been great, by the way. Mm-hmm. They do not have a vaccine mandate. They've handled the pandemic extremely effectively. I don't want to implicate them in anything. They've been phenomenal. But I, I wanted to be in the medical environment to, to spur a conversation. So I told the group that I was going to be out there a day and a half later, and 24 of them or so stood up and said they'd be with, there with me, and about 16 showed up. And uh, we got a lot of support from people driving by. A few people you know, told us we were number one, and a couple <laughs> people did other things. But um, So we, we went out on last Friday, same thing. Uh, there were about 30 of us originally that were standing at the street corner there, and you pulled up. Mm. What, what happened earlier in that day is Friday morning I got to the office and opened up my emails right before I started seeing patients. And one of my uh, colleagues who's an ER doctor um, the night before had seen a patient, and he's seen a lot of this in the ER uh, clot formation. It was a physician who was 65 years old who showed up in the ER with severe chest pain. He had received two doses of the Moderna vaccine six months previous to the visit and then for whatever reason got himself a booster two weeks prior to his presentation to the ER last Thursday night. And this uh, physician gentleman had a clot that was about, in total, about a foot long that they extracted from his lungs. And he was lucky to show up to Memorial because we have one of the few doctors in the world there who's trained to extract uh, clots from I the lungs. I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't either. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, that's out of my world. But anyway, that saved his life. And in addition to that, he had a clot in his, I think it was his right leg, that extended from his ankle into his pelvis. They, the, the, the physicians there and the staff had never seen a clot so large. So that's how my morning started on Friday. And then um, Friday afternoon, had some meetings after I finished with patients, um, was getting ready to go out to the street corner there. And as I was walking through the parking garage at the hospital, I had my sign with me and I packed in the back of my car. And one of my colleagues, who I've known just in passing for 20 plus years, just was walking by and he said, hey, looks like you're getting ready to go, ready to, go to protest there. And I said, well, <laughs> As a matter of fact, I kind of am. I'm going to demonstrate about these vaccine vaccine mandates that are, I think are extremely harmful. This vaccine is extremely harmful for people. And they don't. Nobody knows why. We need to educate them. He said, "God bless you, man. Let me tell you about myself." He said, "I'm 67 years old. He's a he's a hospitalist. He just takes care of patients in the hospital when they get admitted from internal medicine problems. I'm 67 years old. I've been in perfect health my whole life. I had a wellness exam last year." Passed all my labs were perfect with flying colors. I had a cholesterol level of 142. Um, I did a stress test just to test myself. I passed it with flying colors. I got the vaccine a couple of months ago, first dose. It was either three or four days later, he showed up in the ER with severe chest pain. 
He had a 96% blockage of his left anterior descending coronary artery, which is also known as the Widowmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, he survived it, thank God. He got a stent, which he probably didn't need. That's a clot that caused that. That's not a plaque. He had a perfect set of labs a year beforehand and a perfect stress test. That just doesn't happen overnight. And I'll get into the mechanisms as to why that happens, if you like, in a little bit. Um, but it gets better or worse, however you want to uh, view this. Um, the nurse who was taking care of him in the hospital told him that he had uh, a heart attack three or four days after his vaccines, his second dose. One of our colleagues at the hospital, a nephrologist, a kidney doctor, died three or four days after his second dose from a heart attack. And then this physician that was speaking to me in the parking lot also had another friend who had had a, a deep venous thrombosis or a clot several days after the vaccine. So I was like, good grief. I mean, that's like five different stories in one day, in one day, in one day. So something was being set up here for me. I, 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 I don't know. So I, he was very excited to learn some information about the underlying mechanism as to why that happened. He's very grateful. So I went, drove off to the corner where we we're going to go parked in the parking lot. And I'm walking through the parking lot with my sign. Some guy says, where were you three weeks ago? <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, I was at another location, but <laughs> he said, I got that right. va- four letter word vaccine. Because I'm moving up north and I have a vaccine mandate where I'm going to go to work. And I figured I'd just get it. I was reluctant to get it. He said, I felt like another four-letter word for three weeks now. My head's in the fog. I have no energy. I can't. I can barely get up to go to work. I've got my muscles ache terribly, my joints ache. I feel terrible. So I gave him some strategies as to what he could do to overcome those side effects, hopefully. Um, so then I went off to the corner and shared all that information with the group that was there, about 30 people, just to tell them, you know what? There's a purpose behind what we're doing here. This isn't just a personal thing. We need to save people from what's happening here. There's carnage going on. I've seen it in my practice, too, with patients, and we can get into that in a little bit if you'd like. We have time. But anyway, this gentleman, Doug, <laughs> pulls up to the street corner, gets stopped at the red light exactly where I'm standing, rolls down his window, and uh, says, hey, I just want to say thank you so much for everything you guys are doing. God bless you. I just did a radio program yesterday. You can listen to my podcast. I just interviewed Dr. Lee Merritt. I knew the name. I haven't listened to a lot of what she says, but I knew she was in this same arena. And then some ladies I was with got you to pull off to the side of the road and discuss some more with us. You gave out your card, and then you asked me after we discussed some things if I'd be willing to be on your radio program. And I thought to myself inside, I was saying, I'm not so sure I want to stick my head out and put it on the line like that. But sure, I'll email you and (laughs) make the contact. But then something, you know, happened. I don't want to be melodramatic about this or anything because this is just what happened. Um, Somebody, either you or somebody who was there, asked if you could lead us in prayer before you departed. And uh, I was standing right next to you, and I bowed my head. And you, I think, grabbed my hand. And then all those people, 25 or 30 of them that were standing there, proceeded to put their hands on my head, my neck, my arm, my back. And honestly, I don't remember more than a few words of what you said at that point. It wasn't an out-of-body experience, but I, I, I lost all my train of thought, and I, I was overwhelmed with this feeling of strength, um, confidence, and security. Um, and I was a little shaken by that, honestly. I didn't know quite how to process that. Um, but then at the moment that happened, I, I knew that I needed to be on your radio program. Um, and I went back to my office and shared some of the medical uh, information that I learned that day with my partner's wife who happened to be there and just, you know, we're just, we're astounded by what we're seeing with this uh, vaccine and its, and its side effects. Um, so then I got home and, you know, I don't want to do anything that's going to affect my family other than in any way positive. Mm-hmm. So I discussed it with my wife and shared with her what had happened. I, I literally started crying. I, right. I just couldn't believe the feeling that I had. 
And, of course, she was in full support of me going on the radio and talking about this because it's the truth. I just want to share facts. This is I'm not anti-vaccine or anything like that. I am pro-science, and we've lost all capability right now to evaluate the data. We've lost all capability to discuss things and, um, you know, just debate. Mm. It's become a, a very politically charged environment. You know, we want – all I want is what's best for my patients – and I know that if they're receiving this medication, that's we don't even know the short-term and long-term side effects of this. Well, you and I were talking in the break, and we only have a couple of minutes because we only got you for a half hour today. But um, just long-term for women, women specifically who were childbearing age and young women, uh, could you just speak just for a minute about what you're seeing in your field? This is your area of expertise as an OBGYN. What, what are some of the damaging things that have happened from the vaccine with that? Well, I mean, first off, I, we've been giving vaccines in my and office. We only got two okay, minutes. I'll okay, I'll be quick. Yeah. I can talk real fast. Yeah, yeah. But I, we've given thousands of vaccines in my practice. I've never once seen a side effect. I've, I've never seen anything like this. Patients are getting really sick. Um, I've got one patient I saw just a few weeks ago. She's had the, she's had the shingles, but it's the chicken pox for six months after her first dose of the vaccine. There's no end in sight. Nothing's, nothing's overcoming this. She's got itching, but not pain, thankfully. Um, so anyway, with, with women in general, my concern is, first off, the biodistribution studies indicate that this lipid nanoparticle is accumulating in the ovaries and testicles at very high rates very quickly, and it creates a tremendous amount of inflammation there. And that's, that's very concerning. In, in the rodent studies, that Pfizer did, there was a 17% reduction in fertility in the rats, which are very fertile animals. Yeah. Um, so that's concerning to me. We won't know that for years. We won't know the outcome of that for years. Um, and then the fact that pregnancy, we're injecting an unknown substance into pregnant women, which is just beyond my imagination. It's so irresponsible to be exposing pregnant women to this vaccine because there are drugs that have been used in the past. We didn't know what the side effects or the linkage to the intervention was for five to 20 years after people were exposed to certain medicines in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So there are safe therapeutics. We don't need the vaccine in that situation. It's, 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 it's really disturbing to me that we're, some patients are being coerced into taking this during pregnancy. Well, uh, Dr. Uh, McDyer, listen, we definitely want to have you back. I would like and to go into more detail about the particulars of, of long-term or what your studies are. Certainly. But thank you for joining us today on SWAT Radio. Uh, blessings to you. We're going to be praying for you as you keep getting the truth out there. Thanks for being a warrior for truth, okay? Thank you so much. I've got a lot of data to share with you. Good. Well, we'll have you back. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. Thanks for listening. You can uh, join us right after. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio on this Friday, September 24th. I uh, so appreciate Dr. McDyer being in here, uh, coming in. Man, I could... he. When you get talking to somebody like that about these kind of issues that are really important um, and all the misinformation, I mean, he's going to come back in October. Uh, he, he wants to come back. We want to have him back. 
And I apologize that we only had him for a half hour, but that's all we could get today. And uh, But uh, we got a half hour of Ryan Jorgensen, which you'll, I'm sure you'll be just as excited to have uh, Pastor Ryan in here. Uh, P- Pastor Ryan is uh, uh, leading a church called Salvation Church that kicks off October 3rd. They've had some meetings. They've been meeting. We've had Ryan on before. Uh, Ryan is a good brother. He's been part of SWAT down in St. Augustine, and uh, you guys are meeting in Fruit Cove Middle School. Is that correct, Ryan? Correct. Well, welcome back to SWAT Radio, brother. Thank Wearing you, your Doug. SWAT shirt. Which uh, is yeah, awesome. just for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You uh, you have been a faithful guy to be preaching the word and kind of trying to figure out how God wants you to best do that, and Salvation Church is where he has you now. Tell us, update us on how things are going um, and kind of what you're seeing right now and the kind of the vision for what, what you see in the future. Yeah, thanks again, Doug, for having me back on and to be able to share back months ago when we were early on in the process of jumping out in faith and trusting that God wanted to start a new work, a new church uh, in this. And now here we are months later pressing the fast forward button to see that we stepped out in faith, and the Lord has clearly been in this process, and he's been putting the pieces together. So to kind of paint some of the picture of the answers to prayer, to see where things are at, as you said, October 3rd is our public launch date, which means we start having weekly worship services where we're going to lift up Jesus Christ in worship. We're going to uh, receive the preaching of God's word. We're going we're gonna to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're going to have kids' ministry going on right away, student ministries, etc., and um, But as we get ready for that, here's what God has brought to us. He's brought us 40 adults that are part of the core group. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, everybody can say they prayed about it and they felt God calling them to help start another church for his glory. Uh, there's a bunch of students and kids involved in these families. So we got a great, strong core group. Uh, we have um, God continues to provide the finances to be able to start a church and be able to rent a you know Fruit Cove Middle School and be able to get some equipment so we can have some sound system of some sort and and uh, and so forth. So we're thankful for all of that. Um, we uh, we've had uh, one of my my most exciting things. I was looking forward to sharing of an update is also we've seen something that is extremely rare. I, I've been walking with Jesus and in the church all my life, and I'm. I'm really old now. I'm like 41, but um, you're young, man. <laughs> and uh, but I've never seen this happen. 22 individual churches, half more than half of them are in the metro here in Jacksonville, and then we've got ones all the way to Spain and Jamaica and in between um, that have partnered with this church plant across denominational and network lines. That they they know about the church, they know me or something. And we just said, hey, would you, would you like to be a partner church, which means minimally that you would ask your people to be praying for our church? Because we believe what the scripture says, that God works through the prayers of his people. And, and that was minimum. Now, some of them have gone farther. They've done financial gifts. They've donated items, et cetera. But, but the minimum beyond that list, if you will, to make that 22 that we have, is that they communicate their, to their people and they've been praying for us. And I've never seen this many individual churches that are not all a part of a certain network, if that makes sense, to be praying and and helping make this happen, again, across denominational lines. So we are just praising the Lord. That is uh, such an answer to Jesus' prayer in John 17 for unity, that we would be one like he and the Father are one. And it's sad for me to say this, but it's rare 
to find such unity among God's people in America. Yeah, it is. And it is a that is a sad commentary because you see it in other countries. When I travel to India, um, it, it, it's lots of partnerships, uh, Presbyterian, denomination, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. They're all working together uh, because, <laughs> one, there's not that many of them, and they they want encouragement from each other. And they don't care that they may have a little different view of a particular thing that's a non-essential. So, uh, hey, I got a question for you, and I don't really want to go to the website. I want you to tell me, give me the meaning of the logo, your yes. Salvation Church logo. Because when I look at it, it's a circle with some nails and a P. looks like a P right in the middle. And it may not be a P. It may be something else. But that's what it looks like to me. So what is the logo about? Yeah, great question. In fact, I do have on the website an actual video I made explaining the logo because it is something that a lot of people say, what in the world is that? And uh, what's interesting is that, you know, you, you go to Israel often and so forth, and, and I want you to drill this logo into your head now. And when you go to Israel, see if you start looking at it there because you'll see it in Israel. You'll see it in Europe. What it is, it's called the Cairo symbol. Mm-hmm. And um, the, so the thing that looks like an X, that's, that's a chi in the Greek language. And the, the thing that looks like a P is actually called a rho. Rho, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm familiar yeah. with the so, so it's the first two letters of the word Christos, which is Christ, which is Messiah in Greek. And so uh, some historians actually argue that this symbol might have been used by the followers of Yeshua of Nazareth before the cross was even used. Wow. So so the reason why we chose this um, is because one of the nuances of our church is um, we want to, even though we're a new work, we're, we're in a you know, new wine and a new wineskin, if you will, of what God's doing. We, on the other hand, we're, we're not starting something new in, in the big picture of things. You know, we're part of the legacy of God's people since Jesus was here himself and obviously all the way back to, to Adam and Eve, you know. But like, so, so we're a new thing, but we're tied to a rich legacy. And so we as a church want to tie into our good Christian early church history roots. Mm-hmm. And this is one way to do that. We also want to tie to our good Hebraic roots as well. And not be this idea that so much happens in the um, American church is it almost feels like this. When a Jewish person comes to Christ, it's almost like we treat it like, oh, they got grafted into us. And it actually goes the other way around. We all, if we're Gentile, we got grafted into that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's getting back to our roots and, and so forth. So that's just one small way we're doing it. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really, that's an interesting uh I, I, I did not, I see the Cairo now that you've said it, um, but that's good. Well, what do you, um, what do you see for the vision? Like where you, you guys are, uh, at Fruit Cove, right? You're meeting at Fruit Cove Middle School and, um, but, but do you have to live in Fruit Cove to go there or, or is it, or do you, do you have people already meeting with you guys, um, I guess I guess what I'm trying to get to is people are asking that they're always asking, well, why do you need a new church? Why, why, why do you know, there's lots of churches down here. Why? Why are we starting a new one? What, how do you respond to that? That that is a most important question, because be, to be honest, I don't want to do something that isn't really a big need for it. Right. You want your life to count. Yeah. I want my life to count for Christ. So uh, so here's the the simple reasons and so forth. So. Uh, St. John's County, which is where we're at, uh, southern suburb of Jacksonville, but north St. John's County, 
Uh, it is the eighth fastest growing county in the whole United States of America. Uh, during the pandemic alone, LinkedIn did a survey. Uh, the Jacksonville Metro, which we're a part of, is the second fastest growing metro in the United States of America during the pandemic. Uh, we are growing over 10,000 people in that county alone every year. I come from a small town in Indiana of 14,000 people, so it's almost like my whole town every year. And anybody that lives in that area knows what I'm talking about. I've never, ever met a past. Every pastor I've met in the area there, when they meet me and they hear about God starting a new church, never have I heard one say, why are you coming here? We have so many churches. Everyone, no matter which denomination or network, says, Praise the Lord. We've been actually praying for this. And that's how we, we're getting so many partnerships is because everybody that lives in that area knows, hey, there's great churches and we need all the current churches to be firing on all pistons. Mm-hmm. But we need more churches because there's just so many people moving. Well, the second reason that goes hand in hand with the population growth is the spiritual status of those that live there. And this was something I was surprised about until I started doing um, uh, different studies. But three different studies all say the same thing, which is this. About uh, about eight to nine out of every ten people are not born again believers in Jesus Christ in the St. John's County, and uh, so you might find some that are religious and things like that. But according to three different uh, survey uh, websites that I have looked into, say the same thing: eight to nine out of every ten are not born again. So that's only about ten percent. Correct. That's that's a very small number, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Well, I want to let our listeners know where they can go to to find information. They can go to salvationchurch.life. I like that. Salvationchurch.life. And uh, you can find out more information. Uh, They've got an I'm new tab on about where you go to our leadership. And if you go to our leadership, you see a nice facial shot of Ryan Jorgensen there and uh, who's the lead pastor uh, and the other parts of the team there. And you got a worship director, because last time you were on, you didn't have a worship guy, did you? Yes, correct. And your worship guy is a name, guy named Matt Kochi. Is that right? Correct. Uh, and so uh, that's exciting, because I didn't, uh, I forgot that you had gotten that since the last time you were on. Yeah, that, that, you know, you have all these different pieces, if you will, to plan a, a typical church. And um, a worship leader obviously is a pretty important role. Uh, I can sing, but I can't play an instrument. And to be honest, if I was also doing the worship, it would really feel like the Ryan Jorgensen show. And that <laughs> yeah. is not what we're aiming for on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, we that was a that was a person that God chose in His sovereignty to hold off answering for a long time through this process. But He was faithful. And the story about him, I'd love to share that when we get some time, if we do have some time here. Yeah, we'll um, have some time. We're, yeah. we're going to go to our last break, and uh, you can share that. we got a minute, but I would love for you to share that. Uh, but is Before we go to break, oh, and when we come back, you can talk about Matt and how God brought him. Um, if somebody um, is going, you know, I, I'd like to go, but, you know, what denomination is it? Like, they don't know... Um, you know, I typically go to this. What, what, what are what under whose leadership are you? Is there a hierarchy of you know, like uh, who are you accountable to? Yep, yep. So, so overall, I would answer that one: we're uh, evangelical Protestants. The biggest umbrella under Jesus Christ and the Word of God is our sole uh, authority, and then we are a Southern Baptist affiliated. Okay, there you go. All right. Well, that's good. Well. Uh, Bodie Bauckham would be happy with that. Yeah, Bodie, Bodie and uh, Tom Askell, by the way, who did our retreat this summer. 
Hey, uh, if you're listening to SWAT Radio for the first time, you can listen to this or any past broadcast by going to SWATradio.com. And we're talking to Ryan Jorgensen, who is the lead pastor at Salvation Church, a new church plant in uh, St. John's County. They launch October 3rd at Fruit Cove Middle School. Uh, Ryan would love for you to join him if you live down in that area, or if you just want to go check it out and encourage him. He would love that. We're going to be back and hear how Matt, his worship guy, came on board. When we come back from our break, you're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed for the good Lord. Hey, welcome back to uh, SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary here on Friday, September 24th. So glad to have Ryan Jorgensen. You know, Ryan... I appreciate one. You you are a pastor. You've been a pastor for a long time, and um, you know, a, a lot of times pastors don't feel the need to get ministered to. They feel oh, they just got to do ministry. But you've been a part of SWAT. And I've appreciated the fact that you come and you're a part of that, and you come and get fed. And you know, if you ever stop learning, I think. Uh, it's a bad thing uh, if you're in ministry. If you ever think that you don't need to be ministered to, you don't need to li- listen and have God speak to you through other people, that's not a good thing um, And because we all need to be fed. We need to be fed, and uh, the job of the, the shepherd is to feed his sheep, but the shepherd needs to eat too. That's right. And uh, so I've appreciated that about you. Well, the only thing I want to – I have one beef about your new church is that uh, I can't pronounce the name of the student ministry guy, the student's director. I'm going to need you to help me out with that. Yeah, that was a rough one. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm, I've told him, too, I'm like, dude, I, I had to practice your name like 20 times out Gonio loud. Takas, is that it? <laughs> Close. So there, it, it just doesn't prophetic prof, – was it? Yeah, it doesn't phonetically work out. So it's Gonatakis. 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 It's a Greek name. And okay. and there it is. Uh, but don't, when you look at it, you'll get ruined. You'll well, get I feel bad up. for David. It's David Gonatakis, and I 
Sorry, David. I apologize to you. I, I, I butchered your name. But uh, believe it or not, David, people butcher my name. They say McClary, McCrary, McQuarry. Uh, <laughs> it's simple, M-C-C-A-R-Y. But anyway, um, well, go back to Matt uh, as your worship guy. Uh, how uh, He was raised in St. John's County, right? So Correct. tell the story of how Matt. Oh, you guys are going to love this. Doug, you'll love this. You're going to love this guy when you meet him, too. So, you know, because we, we have a shared passion for evangelism, mm-hmm. you know, actually sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people. Imagine that. And so um, so there was this day back in February, this last February, I'm driving. There's Racetrack Road and State Road 13 or San Jose, whichever where you're at there in Fruit Cove. And, and it's one of the busiest intersections in that area where we live. And I'm turning and I look and I see a young guy, like 22 or so years old, looking uh, with his hands out praying for a homeless couple who who at that point had been asking for money uh, on the street for weeks. And people kind of, you know, everybody knew them and was given to them. So I see this guy. I'm like, he's praying with them. I'm thinking that like right on the busiest intersection. I'm like, this is a cool cat. I got to meet this guy. And um, and so I turn around and and park and I go. And um, by the time I get up, I was going to join in praying. Well, they were already done by the time I get over there. The, the couple's gone, but there he is. And I say, and it's a long story short, I meet him. And he is, he's like a 22-year-old recent college, or he was a college student still then, finishing up at UNF. And his name was Matt. And so I was just encouraging him, like, man, this is awesome. Keep doing this. Don't lose your passion to share the gospel and be bold like this. So I prayed with him, and we exchanged numbers, and then that was it. And he got busy, I got busy in life. Well, about, I'm going to mess up timeline, maybe June, July? Sometime here in the summer, uh, we're, we're now planting this. We're trying to get ready to plant church. We are praying our praise out for a worship leader. We're striking out with different mm-hmm. candidates. And finally, I asked our college-age leader, Josiah Swenson. I said, hey, do you know anybody in any of these college circles you're with? Just anybody can play, you know, play guitar and hold a tune, man. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need like a rock star. And um, he's like, actually, there's this guy. And I found out you met him February on the corner I'm like, are you kidding? And he plays worship. I'm like, you're kidding me. So I contact him, and that is who it is. And now through all the rest of it, that is how God brought us together originally. I found, and you know what was amazing, Doug, is I would take just a worship leader. I mean, at the minimum, we just need someone to lead us through singing and praising the Lord, which is important. But my bigger prayer to the Lord was this. Lord, if it would be your will, I would love to have not just a worship leader, but an evangelist. And someone who would hit the streets with me for the glory of Christ. And the Lord has absolutely answered my prayer with this guy. He is an amazing man of God at 22 or 3 years old. And we're looking forward to years of ministry together. Sounds like a nice young Timothy, huh? Amen. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, you guys kick off October 3rd, uh, which is next week, right? A week from Sunday, right? Isn't that right? Yep. Yep. A week from Sunday. So um, if people want to come, they just show up? No RSVP needed? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> Some churches you do. They, they you still are, correct. Yeah. Yep. No, thankfully for us, we've got plenty of space for anybody and everybody, and um, we'd love to have them come, even uh, if you just want to come and celebrate with us. Now, I saw on your website that you do have like a children's director. So explain, is it, uh, when is the service time? When is it going to be? 10 a.m. every Sunday. Okay, and... Will there be like a small group or or Sunday school type of thing on Sunday, or is it just 
10 o'clock worship and that's it? What, how does that work? Right. So usually for churches and schools, you're just being able to pull off a worship service there. Um, so we'll have a uh, worship service at 10 and simultaneously during that, we'll have kids ministry, everything from newborn to fifth grade during service for parents that want it. Kids are welcome in the services, but we do have a kids ministry classes for them. Up through fifth grade. Through fifth grade. Now, that following Wednesday is our weekly student ministry, 6th through 12th grade, uh, and, and those meet in homes, so you do have to kind of like let us know you're interested because we got to tell you where the next one's at, and this is just mobile church world. So how do they do that? Do they go to the website? Go to the website. Uh, if you're there on Sunday, there's ways to let us know there on Sunday as well, but website's a main way to just communicate with us, and so that's starting the Wednesday after launch, so October 6th. Uh, also, uh, October 17th, that week, after a couple weeks after launch, we'll start adult discipleship groups, uh, some life groups that are every other week. Um, and those are all in homes. Everything's in homes uh, throughout the week. And then also... That coming, sounds kind of almost biblical a little bit, like the I know. way it was in the New Testament. I know. Didn't, that. Paul, didn't Paul say he went from house to house? I yeah. Think? yeah like great. they met in the temple courts and then in homes. Like, <laughs> it's just fascinating. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, no, that, I just thought, thought that was funny that you said that, and uh, that's what they did. So so 10 o'clock on October 3rd, uh, Fruit Cove Middle School. Where is Fruit Cove Middle School located? How do they get there? Yeah, it is right there in Fruit Cove, the town, um, if you will, on the map. But it's on Racetrack Road, which is the one of the busiest roads going east and west. Um, I, just Google it on your map app, and, and you'll find it. Okay. So. Yeah, Fruit Cove, Julington Creek Plantation area. Yeah, you know where that's at. Yeah, Julington Creek, and uh, it's it's like I said, October third, which is really really soon. That's a week. Are you excited about that? You have no idea. And actually, uh, tomorrow, if anybody wants to come too, we're throwing a free massive community fun fest with multiple inflatables, face painting, food. Everything's free. Live music. Switzerland Dance Studio is going to bring their people out and do uh, presentations. At, at, the, at the middle school? At, uh, no, it's going to be at, so in Julington Creek Plantation, there's a park called uh, Plantation Park. It's on Davis Pond Road. We'll have signs all over the place so that you can find it if you drive anywhere near it. But it's tomorrow from 10 to 1, September 25th, uh, 10 to 1. Anybody's welcome to bring your kids. They're going to have a blast. Plantation Park in Julington Creek, right? Correct. From 10 to 1, face painting, uh, fun fest. Yes. Whatever that means. All sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> well, we have a just a couple of minutes left, uh, Ryan. Anything else you want to tell us about Salvation Church, uh, your vision? Uh, I think we, we touched on it, but I heard you say today at SWAT when you were talking to somebody, we want to see disciples discipling disciple makers. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of our one of our five values is exponential disciple making or discipleship. And so it, it really is this idea that that we're not really a, a full disciple of Christ in the sense of doing what we're supposed to be doing until we are now also sharing the gospel with unbelievers and teaching them to obey everything Jesus has commanded us so that they can start doing the same thing. So we need to have these generations uh, of disciple-making. And so we know, actually, that's our end goal with every individual that walks through our church, whether they're a newborn, whether they're 80 years old, is do they know Christ as Lord and Savior, and then are they making disciples of others? And if if, if they're anywhere back here, we know that's where we're getting them to. Mm, that's great. Well, I am so glad you could join us on this Friday, September 24th. Isn't it hard to believe it's already the end of September? 
I mean, you know, I don't know if you know it. Did have you been to Lowe's or Home Depot? They're putting out Christmas stuff already. Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Because <laughs> yeah. it's that time of year. But uh, Salvation Church, Ryan Jorgensen, Ryan, I'm so thankful that uh, God brought our paths together and that you're part of SWAT. Um, you are a great asset to SWAT. You know, uh, you didn't get to make the last one, but you have been uh, to the uh, food distributions we've get done that's some low-hanging fruit out there isn't oh it? man that's great i encourage everybody to go to one of those and more it's it's a great time just to be practical hands and feet of jesus but also literally you can jump in and start sharing the gospel with people right there right there and we're yeah. doing a big one november 13th for thanksgiving uh i hope uh, you folks will be praying for us as well as praying for ryan um uh, coming up uh on october 3rd it's a big launch and wouldn't it be great if there were more and more disciple-making churches out there everywhere? I mean, you can never have enough of that, um, and we need it right now. We, we're living in a time. That I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday who said they think that we are really getting close to the return of Christ because you're starting to see apostasy grow within the church, people departing from the faith. And you're seeing all these other things moving us toward um, a one-world order. That I mean, we I, we've been seeing it for a while. But I'm just very thankful that God has you and Salvation Church down in St. Johns County, and uh, pray God will bless you uh, down there and what you're doing. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Doug. All right, hey, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. Remember, we had Dr. Dan McDyer the first half hour, and uh, Ryan Jorgensen the second half. You can share this program by going to SWATradio.com, and uh, you'll be able to download it and share. And I would love for you to do that or listen to any past program. And we're going to be back next week, Taylor and I. We're going to be looking at what it means to be a true convert or a false convert because there's a lot of false converts in America, and we need to talk about that. And we're going to look at Acts chapter 8, what we covered at SWAT this week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. For those who pray and support us, we're so grateful. And uh, we couldn't do it without you. And uh, we are listener-supported. So thanks for helping us. If you want to help out, you can go to SWATradio.com and uh, just contact us and let us know you'd like to be a sponsor. Otherwise, I pray you have a good weekend, and we'll see you Monday on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual